So Money, Episode 815, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everybody. It is November 30th, 2018. We are in the home stretch of 2018. Hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving holiday. Hope it was restful. Came back from San Francisco slash Portland uh, on Saturday. And funny story. So if you follow me on Twitter, I shared this on Twitter. I got a pretty good laugh. We were on the plane coming back and we were in the sixth row, close to first class, but like a few rows away. And our daughter, who's 21 months, she began to cry inconsolably. Um, it was an unfortunate ride. I mean, she just, she was great going into San Francisco on the way back. She just couldn't fall asleep. I think she was jet lagged and all of the things and just was wailing for, you know, chunks and chunks of time. And parents, you know, there's just sometimes you just can't do anything. You know, you just have to hold her and rock her. And um, she had drank all her milk. She drank all her water. She wasn't hungry. She wasn't thirsty. It was just being 21 months old. And yeah, I feel terrible for everybody sitting around us, but what are you going to do? And uh, someone did do something. (laughs) A man in row, the fifth row right ahead of us, 5B, apparently walked up to the flight attendant a nice woman, and said to her, uh, I think you should take this baby away from these parents. They are having issues with their child. And I think you should take the baby to the back of the plane and rock her. (laughs) I love that. I love the optimism that this guy had, right? Like he had a plan. He was going to go to the flight attendant with a pretty – in detailed plan. You know, he had many steps. It was multi-steps. He was going to come, she was going to come to us. She was going to somehow get the baby away from us. Then she was going to maneuver her way to the back of the plane then rock. And then who was going to like, you know, take care of the passengers? You know, she was the flight attendant after all, slash nanny apparently. So uh, the flight attendant was the one who came over to us and whispered this funny story to us. That's how she uh, opened the story. She's like, funny story, guys. (laughs) She was fantastic. Uh, She got Colette a warm bottle. She really understood. And of course, she mentioned she was a nanny for 15 years. Uh, But how rude slash inappropriate slash hilarious slash ignorant was it of this man in 5B to assume that uh, all could be better if if this flight attendant would just step in and that, you know, somehow we were bad parents because our child was crying. Listen, 5B, it's the holidays. Everyone's traveling, including small people. Uh, children. Uh, They fly all year, actually. But, you know, in this case, it was the holiday weekend. And so I don't know what he was expecting to be on a a cross-country flight, whether, you know, maybe he was expecting it was going to be a flight full of bachelors. I don't know. But um, sorry we pooped on your parade. I did notice as we were leaving the plane, as I was gathering my things, that he had a a bottle or two of Tito's vodka underneath his seat. So there you have it. You know what? 
I wish I, I wish I, I could have been having some Tito's vodka too, but uh, sounds like in the end he was having a better time than I was. Um, but just wanted to share that story because it was on my mind and um, lots of people got a kick out of it when I told them. So hopefully that uh, made your day. Anyway, we have lots of questions to tackle this Friday going into the weekend. I'm also solo this time around again, but you know, with the holidays and I've been sick, it's been a little challenging coordinating with a co-host to come on and share the mic with me, but we will be back on track starting next week. We start with co-hosts again in December. So if you would like to co-host, don't be discouraged. I haven't given up on the whole thing. I've just taken a little bit of a break connecting with listeners to have as co-hosts. So continue to send me your desires to co-host at farnoosh.tv or rather somoneypodcast.com, which you can access through farnoosh.tv. But go to somoneypodcast.com and you can click on Ask Farnoosh, the button at the top right. And I, there you can either share me your question or you can uh, send me a message saying that you'd like to co-host. Also, Instagram is a place where you can find me um, and also send me a direct message there. It's been a pretty crazy week since I got back, by the way. Started on Monday with the Today Show. Then uh, I did an event at the 92nd Street Y, which was my first time at this massive New York institution. If any of you are familiar with the 92Y on the Upper East Side, it's a Y, but it also doubles as this incredible event space where they bring just some of the most, like the ultimate speakers, you know, like I went there and I saw Dan Rather speak recently. I'm, I'm a, such a fan. Bravo, Andy, Andy uh, Cohen from Bravo interviewed him, which was fascinating and lots of fun, lots of laughs, but also very serious. Um, but I was invited to join a panel there recently with my friend Dan Chabel, who's been on this podcast a couple of times. He's the recent author of Back to Human, a bestseller. And Ryan Serhand, who's also been on this podcast, he is the a star of Million Dollar Listing New York, Uh, And I think this year or last year, he and his team sold about a billion dollars worth of real estate. And he's been emailing me to to see if he can list my apartment. We'll see, Ryan. Um, I'm I'm thinking about maybe making a move in 2019. Get this. He told me, don't tell him I told you this. He told me, he pulled me aside and he said, this is the worst real estate market he has ever experienced in his career. Now, he's young. But he also started his career in the recession, the Great Recession. I said, even worse than 2008, 2009, he, get, he goes, worse. It is an absolute buyer's market. Things are going for half off in New York. People aren't talking about it for some reason he doesn't know. And frankly, he didn't really want to talk about it because it kind of hurts his business to say, hey, guys, the market's taking a nosedive, you know, because he works with developers. I'm totally throwing him under the bus here. But I think... Uh, you know, he has gone on TV to talk about it. So I think it's fair game. But it is, it is, I think, a good year, 2019, to think about maybe buying if you're in the market. So uh, that's a little so money advice for you. And why I asked him why, I said, why, why is this? He said, because there's this unprecedented lack of consumer confidence that he's experiencing. Like people are totally spooked about the future, uh, whether, what, what, you know, however you look at it. You know, we don't know yet the implications of the new tax law changes. We don't know yet what's going to happen politically. You know, our economy, the R word has been thrown around 
more and more. I've been hearing about a pending recession. And so all of this has really put people on the sidelines, buyers on the sidelines. And that, he says, he's never experienced to this extent, to the point where, you know, in New York City, where, you know, the average like list period for a home is like a week, (laughs) uh, or in some cases, like a couple of days. And now properties are sitting on the market for hundreds of days. So it's it's unusual, and it was interesting to hear his perspective. So anyway, transitioning now to your money questions, I'm going to go over to my Instagram because you guys have been really good about getting me questions on the gram. All right, we have a question here from Shanti, and she asks, Farnoosh, do you have any recommendations for books to gift to male friends who have wives who make more? Where is the male perspective book? LOL. <laughs> well, shameless plug, When She Makes More by Farnoosh Tarabi, although it is for women primarily, and I kept you know female breadwinners in mind when I wrote it, is ultimately a book for couples. And my hope, my dream is that women read the book first and then they keep it on the nightstand, they put it in the bookshelf, they hand it to their husband and he reads it or they read it together at the same time. That has happened. I have not solicited that, but couples have told me that that's what they've done and it's been really helpful. Men have written in. One of the best, oh gosh, one of the best things I ever heard feedback uh, from list from a reader was from a guy who uh, wrote this long, beautiful email to me. It was really touching. He said how my book really gave him this critical perspective that he was completely blinded by the impact, the emotional impact that this economic shift has had on his on his wife, but also like he was also bearing a lot of his feelings about how he felt as a man in the relationship making less. And it's so empowering for women. It's also so empowering for men. You really uh, encourage us to, you know, to get in touch with our emotions and get real with what's bothering us and to not feel uh, that we can't talk about these things because they're not politically correct or they're not masculine or feminine or whatever. Uh, we just have to get it all out of our systems so that we can then pr- move on, right? And it is still, unfortunately, one of those paradigms. Like it's, it, you know, we. W- I hope I would hope that by now in 2018 we'd all be fine with whoever makes the money in the relationship and how much of it doesn't matter. But it is one of those things that continues to bug us. Um, not all of us. Some of us are handling it like champs. Others, we have difficulty. I had some difficulties with it. My husband had difficulties with it. We're working through things, you know? So to your question, Shanti, on Instagram, I don't have any mail books on this topic that I know of, although I did buy the URL whenhemakesless.com. If a guy wants to buy that from me and write that book, call me. But I I anticipated there being something about this for men at at some point. So maybe just hang in there. Something will come out into the marketplace. But in the meantime, I do think that my book, and there are other books out there too that, and I'm more too, I know they're in the works for women breadwinners that can service the male reader too. Um, So sorry, nothing specific, but check out when she makes more. All right. We have an anonymous question on Instagram. She says, I 
just got a credit card, my first secured credit card, which I plan on using to build my credit score. What would help my credit more, making purchases and paying them off within the week or waiting until the due date to pay? Well, I actually think we've talked about this a little bit on the show. Like number one, most important thing to help your credit is to pay your bills on time. But if you can pay them ahead of time, that's even better. And here's why. Your credit score sometimes gets checked in the middle of the month, the first three days of the month, you know, sometimes at the end of the month, but oftentimes at random points during the month and and sometimes before you have paid off your bill. You're not late or behind, but you just haven't gotten to your due date yet. But nevertheless, a credit inquiry company will pull your credit and will see that you have a balance. And that could impact your credit score because another big factor of your credit score is your debt to income ratio. And that's another way of saying like how much debt you're carrying compared to the amount of credit that you have on that card and across all of your cards, all of your debt versus all of your cards limits. And so at that point in time when your credit gets pulled and you haven't paid off your credit card debt or your credit card bill, it will be calculated as a higher debt to credit ratio. And so I always say like, if you can, if you have the capacity and you are someone who is in the market for a loan and so your credit score is going to be playing a big role in your, you know, your financial life in the coming months, you want to try to pay off your bill basically like as you go. So you make purchases and then maybe at the end of the week, you reconcile everything or at the end of the day. Uh, Being particularly vigilant about your bill, I think while you're trying to shop for a loan because you do care about your credit score is important because your credit score can get pulled at any time. So I hope that helps to give you some clarity around this. It's a really smart question by the way, I always brag about my listeners because it's a, I feel like it's a reflection of the show. Mason on Instagram wants to know about investing. He's a college student with a little under $5,000 in savings. Woohoo, Mason. All right. Really $5,000 and you're in college. Wow. Talk about being ahead of the curve. He says, I don't need the money for anything and I want to invest. What are your thoughts and are there any online brokerages you recommend for starting off? Oh, there are so many online brokerages, Mason. And I'm sure if you've been listening to this podcast, which you have, we've mentioned a lot of them on the show. I think it's great that you want to invest. Absolutely, you know, get in there early. That compound interest will, will be exceptional and you will thank yourself when you're 30 or maybe just even 25. It, it really goes far very quickly when you're young. Um, there are lots and lots of online brokerages that we've talked about. Elevest, Wealthfront, Betterment, Charles Schwab has the Intelligent Portfolio. There's Vanguard.com. there's, uh, gosh, Robinhood, Uh, there's Acorns, if you want to kind of invest incrementally and on an app, there's just so much at our fingertips, more than there ever was, and even more than just, you know, a couple of years ago. So you really can't go wrong. Just kind of search these sites, read up on all their fees. A lot of times it's similar. And then I would, I would recommend investing in broad market index funds. They're low fee, they cover the market, And if you're getting in early, young, 
and you plan to ride this out for many, many years, you know, historically speaking, the market has performed well over decades of time, over wide spans of time. And I think that could be a good place to put your money. Uh, if you need this money sooner, if you're planning to maybe use this as you graduate and move into an apartment and you need a down payment or something or a deposit, then you might want to look into a CD that has a shorter length of a shorter term. Um, it's a locked in term. So you could do a three-year CD, a five-year CD, a one-year CD, and you get a guaranteed rate of return. It's not going to be super high, but right now actually CD rates aren't bad. They're, you know, depending on the, the term, it could be starting around 2% and up, which is much better than leaving it parked in a bank account, in a checking account. So, you know, do some more exploring, uh, check out those sites, and also check out some financial blogs that do a really good job of comparing these kinds of brokerages, sites like NerdWallet and Bankrate. Highly recommend. Good luck. Okay, a question in from Nikki, who's emailed me. She's gone to the Ask Farnoosh button on So Money Podcast. And she and her husband are thinking about embarking on a renovation project, which I know a lot about. We combined two apartments a few years ago. Her question is, I'm curious about mortgages and other types of loans to finance a fixer-upper. My husband and I have our eye on a fixer-upper. It's an ugly house in a great neighborhood with great schools, walkability, it's close to my work, it has more space than we'll need, that we will need as our family grows. The list price is about $100,000 less than our current home that we own. However, our contractor thinks we would want to put close to 100000 into the home for necessary fixes and cosmetic upgrades. What are some ways to finance a large-scale remodel? Look, I think if you're going to sell your home, you hopefully will have some equity that you're going to take with that home and you'll put that into the new home, but save some of that for the remodeling. If you can, that's one thing. Uh, You could also take out a home equity line of credit, assuming you will put down a good chunk for a down payment on this new home, you'll have some equity and you could take out a HELOC. People traditionally would take out a HELOC, a home equity line of credit to finance a remodel. And why? Well, the interest on a home equity loan is oftentimes lower than say a personal loan or even a credit card or a cash advance from one of your credit cards. But your home is basically the collateral. And if the market tanks, real estate market tanks, that could really impact the value of your home. You may find yourself in a bind if you've also lost your job and then financially you're in trouble and now you've got your mortgage that's underwater and also your HELOC and it can get really crazy. It's happened to people during you know, the crisis and so those fears are still present and I think people are not as quick to rush to get HELOCs. But I would say this contractor has estimated a hundred grand for renovations. And he's mentioned that some of this would be cosmetic. So maybe what you do is you just pace yourself. I mean, this does sound like your forever home from how you describe it. It's close to the school. It's close to work. It's got a lot of space. Your family's growing. Great neighborhood. So given that you're going to be in it for a long time, pace yourself as far as the re- the renovations go. It's not as instantly gratifying to get it all done in one fell swoop, but I think also you'll realize what you need once you get there and you move in and do the, the obvious things that you need to do that are to get the home and kind of move in ready condition. 
but for other kinds of cosmetic things or built-ins and aesthetic upgrades, I think you should wait. And not just because you want to be able to really grasp what it is that you want, but because then you can save for it with your own money and not have to depend on loans. Loans, credit lines should all be last resorts. If you can pay with cash, that's always best. And by the way, um, you know, contractors typically like to get checks. And so, yeah, with a HELOC, you can withdraw the money and pay checks. But, you know, having your own money at the ready also makes you be a little bit more price conscious, right? So this this contractor is throwing big numbers at you. And if you have a $200,000 HELOC, $100,000 renovation doesn't sound like too big of a deal. But if that's $100,000 of your own money that you have to fork over, that's not a loan that's coming out of your savings, you might find ways to reduce that price, right? You're going to research more. You're going to ask questions. You're going to price chop. And I think ultimately that's a good exercise. That's a good thing. But exciting, I will say, I don't like renovating, but I like having renovated. And finally, I want to give a shout out to a follower by the name of Lauren on Instagram. Counselor Lauren writes to me that she got a $10,000 bump in pay because, wait for it, she asked for it. And here's what she wrote. Hi, Farnoosh. I'm a huge fan. Your podcast inspired me to ask for more while in a pay raise negotiation. By pushing for what I needed, I got $10,000 more than I would have if I had gone along with what my boss proposed. Hmm. And then she's got her money mantra. When women make more, they are more generous with their money. You are absolutely right about that. And actually, there have been studies that find that women generally are more generous, more charitable than men at all income levels. So whether you're rich, you're middle class, you're paycheck to paycheck, women are more generous with their money. I always say when women make more, the world becomes a better place. We need more money in more women's hands to help make the world a better place because that is how we connect the dots. And so with that, I just want to thank my listeners again for their great questions, for their insights, and for sharing this great feedback. If you would like to co-host with me, please let me know by going to somoneypodcast.com and clicking on Ask Farnoosh or going on Instagram at Farnoosh Tarabi. Follow me there. Direct message me your questions, your interest in co-hosting with me. 2019 is right around the corner and my only job is to make sure this podcast continues to cater to you. So please continue to provide feedback. Every year we've changed things up a little bit, tweaked things here and there, just having co-hosts for the Friday episodes. We initiated that this year, just decided to do it and it's worked out beautifully. So I don't know what's in store yet for 2019. I'm waiting for you to tell me what you want. So don't be shy. Get in touch. In the meantime, thanks for tuning in as always. And I hope your weekend is so money.